I wish that I could be like the cool kids, cause all the cool kids, they seem to get it. <laughs> well, that's a group with low self-esteem, but a great set of pipes, Echo Smith. And if it's what I emphatically declared as I clutched onto the polyblend dress shirt of the beleaguered salesperson at Sears when he informed me that they were out of my favorite design of gold toe socks... Then this must be Dale Radio. And I, of course, am your host, Dale Seaver, and you're listening to another episode of Some Things I Enjoy, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And uh, now I'll talk about where we are, because we're not right on the banks of our little Gowani again today, folks. I'll tell you where we are in a second. But if you enjoy books, and especially audiobooks, which coincidentally has a good shot of coming up in our conversation today, I imagine, then why not give our sponsor Audible a try? Have you ever tried them? I've heard of them, and sure. I'm recording an audiobook myself with them in a couple weeks. Well, you should do this, because it's a great way to just use up valuable podcasting time while getting absolutely nothing in return. Sounds great. AudibleTrial.com. AudibleTrial.com is what I said, slash Dale Radio. You get a free trial of Audible and a free audiobook on any subject. Perhaps you enjoy a story set, I don't know. Where would you like to go? Uh, medieval France. In medieval France. And uh, perhaps uh, you'd also like to read about the origin of... Cooking. Cooking. Probably back then, there's probably a fair amount on that. Those are good subjects, I mm -hmm. think, that would mm -hmm. you would be uh, in a lot of luck. Give it a listen uh, uh, over there at the trial, and you, you get lots of riveting stuff read by great people. Uh, and you can enjoy free stuff. It's a good thing to do on your commute. Just today, I was, I don't put in anything. I, I record the sound of the water going out of the tub. <laughs> Just to <laughs> mask the, some of the conversations that you hear, because you can tell it's maybe an okay Cupid date that didn't go well, but they're meeting up randomly a few weeks later. Well, I don't like to listen to the awkward thing. I also had, I had Iggy Azalea in my ears today <laughs> while an uh, uh, Argentinian uh, accordion player got it. It was a surprising mashup. Sure. And I thought sure. that was great. It had nothing to do with Audible. But anyhow. Hey, uh, uh, let me see say i know you're reading the copy yeah but agora fabulous read by the author sarah benengasa that's me will be available on audible.com uh for pre-order like in friggin november at some point that's soon yeah it's a real I, soon it's a wealth of resources out mm -hmm. there and, and you have to just reach out and take advantage of it well uh that was the preamble we're comfortable we're here uh, in the lovely home, still getting moved in, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. I'm uh, moving some more boxes in from uh, storage, a.k.a. my parents' basement, this week. <laughs> this week. That's great. Well, I hope you'll all give her a warm ear hole welcome. Uh, she's a comedian, the author of the terrific memoir, Agora Fabulous, and the, also penned the LGBTQ yep, yeah. Great Gatsby Update, which it needed, entitled simply Great. I've just started it, but I can tell you it lives up to its name. Oh, thank you. Uh, she's been alternately a TV host, soon a podcast host, yeah. uh, which uh, we'll talk about. And I'm here with Sarah Benincasa, as she said. Sarah, it's great to, to be here with oh, you. Thanks for having me over. Dale, it's delightful to be here. I'm having a good time. I'm sipping on my iced coffee. I just had a meeting with my nutritionist who said I need to stop drinking iced coffee. Oh, she's correct. Get a, get a new nutritionist. I know. Jeez. <laughs> she's but she's so beautiful and glowing and she just looks like she looks like what a nutritionist or a yoga teacher or a doctor should look like. Just oh, the picture of health. Comfortable pants too. Come very comfortable, like a a comfortable, soft, cottony sort of flowing, yep. you know, maybe it's like from J. Jill or 
Eileen Taylor or something You'd kind of You'd see that up in, in Berkeley, probably. you definitely see yep. it in Berkeley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen them shopping for organic goods. <laughs> now, I, I gather you've been doing a deep dive into a subject I know absolutely nothing about, but I thought we'd just talk about it briefly. Sure. Which is, you you wrote a piece for Playboy magazine. Mm-hmm. Playboy.com. Playboy.com. Yeah. I tell you, I haven't picked up a Playboy since 1984. <laughs> to bring it back to what it once was where a kind of site of intellectual discourse or yes there it, it is based on what i've read i did um i've done some interviews uh that um folks who are on staff at playboy because i'm a freelancer um have have also done and what they're attempting to do is to bring back the concept of the well-rounded gentleman yeah. meaning he knows about he knows about a lot of things he knows about Sporting, yep. He knows about. Uh, he might. He might even know about cooking. He might know about fine wines. He yes. might know about uh, books, fine books, politics, and the matters yeah. of, of of the nation. He's an educated man. He's fascinating. He can hold a good conversation. Um, We're talking about and me. Sometimes he, you know, jacks <laughs> off to tits. I suppose up until that point. Up until that point. <laughs> up until that point, it was fine. So yes, and now you regret that choice. Uh, so he gets boners, but he yeah. also has disposable income and probably is, um, if if not formally educated, uh, although their demographic generally is is at least a bachelor's degree. But if he is not formally educated in that sense, he is interested in self-education and boobies it's a pretty decent combination yes and so they have uh they have me uh a a feminist writer writing things for them well this and the thing that you just wrote which just went up a couple days ago is this uh, thing about Gamergate. Gamergate! Do, do I have to say hashtag Gamergate? I thought that you did, and then I learned yesterday that you don't when I was handing in my piece. <laughs> um, so it's called Gamergate. And Gamergate is this thing among the video gaming community, i.e. people who play video games. Which I just want to say is not me. I mean, if you, I could give you a good run at Spy Hunter if, you know, <laughs> if the food was laid at the ground round. But right, I really have not dipped into that world. Or, or I mean, uh, every now I and again. I haven't either since since the eighties, or no, since the early early nineties. But there is a vast world of an immersive world where people kind of disappear, and the characters are cinematic, and it is a rich life that's out there. Yes, and it's it's like walking through and someone's imagination, and it's really beautifully realized, and it can become quite addictive. And I say that in the literal sense, and then in also sort of the oh, I'm just saying addictive to mean you really like it sense. Right, and um, it's it's quite fascinating. It is a world that I was a part. I was not a part of the world. I was a an individual gamer. I played single player games, so solo games. Right, you know, so that's King's you, Quest. You may be running through the through the environment, solving riddles. Myself, yes, but yeah. it's not connected to other people. So it's just right. so it's you know you like popped an in MMO. A f- right, you just popped massively in massively multiplayer online gaming experience. Oh, you've done your research. Well, that's all oh, fabulous. Well, rounded. well, I you're like a Playboy gentleman. 
So I would play these games like King's Quest and Gold Rush, which were designed by um, a company called Sierra Online, which started out as a company called Online Systems in 1979. It was founded by Roberta and Ken Williams. And Roberta Williams was quite a pioneer because she was a lady and remains a lady. And... um, (laughs) doesn't always happen it doesn't always happen <laughs> yep. but it happened in this case and she uh she uh was i don't know if she was the first but i think she may have been the first woman to design a really popular um computer game mm-hmm. and so i would play them up for pc you could play them on like your apple like 2gs too King, if you had King's one quest is one of the things where you're going through with a band of uh, cohorts and you have to buy potions and things I can't um, you will go through by yourself so you play as a, a different character in each version I think there have been six King's Quest that have come out and there's a new one coming out next year oh, I'm and I'm friggin thrilled and um, what, what are you playing on any device um, this new one? I'm not sure. I mean, I assume they'll release versions for PC and Mac. They better release a version for Mac or I'll freak out. Yeah, I'd like to get one on the phone if I could. Damn it. I would love it. <laughs> I'd like to get it on my phone. So um, anyway, I used to play these games and I would yeah. live in these worlds. And, you know, you get to be a prince or a princess or a knight of some sort and and slay dragons or, or interact with all these characters. You type in commands and little conversations okay. with these characters that elicit different responses from the game. Right. But unlike something like early Zork, right? Mm. Is that what it was called? Uh, where you would type a command. There were no images. It was all right, in right, your right. mind. That one, they married that kind of experience, but with pictures as if you were, you know, if yes. you were stuck in the cave, you had to tell the elf to get the key. And you had to know that there was an elf there. But this one, they... This, right, you could right. actually see it rather than just typing in commands and it. getting text responses. Move over. So this was it. called Graphic Adventure Gaming. Yeah. And um, it, you know, became increasingly sophisticated over time. But I, I wrote a story... Uh, well, I should say, so anyway, now that you have these like massive groups of people who can all play at one time and you're moving in this world and you see each other and you have your sort of avatar in the world. And so, um, there have been some women, some feminist critics and who are some one, a critic, uh, and a couple of game designers who've expressed, um, criticism of the way in which women are presented, which female characters are depicted in, in the vast majority of these video games. Because that is, uh, I imagine, hypersexualized. Yes. I mean, and when I say vast majority, uh, what I mean is if you are grabbing yourself a game. As I understand, this is as I understand it, based that's on my... Not, that's not a euphemism. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Grabbing yourself. <laughs> grabbing yourself a game. Grabbing yourself a game. And let's say it's a popular game, yeah. and it's a, a, with a female lead, or a female supporting character, or, character, or what have you, right. wherever you want to put it. Um, chances are, the stereotype, which to an extent rings true, is that she's going to have, like torn up she's gonna have like either a short skirt or like some kind of torn up pants you can see a lot of skin and you know hot boobs and a tiny tiny waist and like a sweet ass and you know a flat tummy and she's gonna look a certain way and my understanding is that this is true of mainstream gaming but it's not necessarily true of like the indie games and stuff so anyway some women have um made criticisms about this stuff and some people do not like them uh, criticizing the stuff. Um, that's one aspect of Gamergate. Gamergate has many aspects. Uh, that's so, just so, one. So one is the fellas don't like 
the ladies coming in and telling them how to do their thing. If we can put it in simplest terms and most convenient definitions, that is one angle. However, there are other angles too. Like a huge component of it has to do with the fact that they feel that there are um, uh, inappropriate relationships, corrupt relationships between um, the folks who review games and the folks who produce those games. So the idea that there's not objectivity, that um, people are getting kickbacks or they're getting certain perks or what have you. And, and you know, I, I don't know if that's true in the, in the gaming world. I trust gamers when they say that that is true. It's certainly true in, in other worlds. It's certainly true in journalism. In, in, everything. in, in everything. You know, you <laughs> hey, say something nice. Uh, here's a free thing. Right. It's certainly true in politics, that's too, as well. That's how it works, right? Absolutely. And so, um, so there's that. And then you have people who are um, who call themselves pro GG or pro Gamergate, who are um, who believe that these are things that need to be discussed, and they uh, they want to keep political correctness, what they say, what others might call progressivism, um, what they might call thought policing, out of their gaming, and they also want to make sure there's transparency in in game journalism. Um, and then you have people who are anti-Gamergate who say that actually, like Joss Whedon tweeted about it and was like, Gamergate is something to the effect of Gamergate is just basically a euphemism for hatred. The name He said the name means hate, guys. It's like calling something clan daycare. <laughs> like, it's, it's not really about gaming. You know, that was his point. It's about hate. And so people got very upset about that. And so, um, you know, there are all these discussions on Reddit and there were these discussions on... Um, I guess on 4chan about uh, this stuff and because of like allegations of abuse and hate speech, they were kicked off 4chan and now they have 8chan, which is different. And, you know, and I say allegations because I, I wasn't there. I don't know. Like my research has not gone so deep that I can cite instances or examples of these different allegations uh, of, of this, what, what was happening, you know, there. Um, what I can say uh, I know I'm rambling a bit here, but what what I can say from my very limited research is that Gamergate is way more complicated than just we're a bunch of dudes who don't like chicks. That's what I thought it might be because yeah. that's basically how the mainstream media. That's what it seems it. like from as I said, an outsider. From the outside. Yeah, um, it's really quite more complicated. I would liken it to the Tea Party or Occupy Wall Street in the sense, mm-hmm. not that it allies with either one of those. Um, political movements but in the structure in that it is for it's amorphous it has no clear leader right and um so it's it's kind of hard to get a bead on what it is because it's lots and lots of things so if you say you know oh these gamergate people are so sexist sure that might be true of some gamergate people but it's not true of all of them them. right and also one person's definition of sexist is another person's definition of progressive, so it sort of depends. So, in a sense, the gate part of it is just to say there are controversies within this world. Yeah, like a water. And like so a they're water all just gate. kind of right, like like your your water gates. Like your water uh, gates. But that if it's you will. it's kind of all bubbling up to the surface, yes. and your your article is to, to present that, and it's um, some of its multifacetedness. Yeah, I mean my my. My, the point of my article, the structure of my article for Playboy.com essentially is it's a personal essay. Um, I'm not a gaming journalist. I'm not a trained journalist. I mean, I did a year as a print journalism major at Emerson College, and then I switched to creative writing. So I'm Good. not like one of these trained journalists who knows all the stuff, all the tricks of the trade. Right. Um, 
I wanted to write about Gamergate because I had heard different things about it. I had heard about these these women, um, Anita Sarkeesian and and Brianna Wu and um, Zoe Quinn. These different women, these three women who had gotten threats and had to flee their homes because they were going to speak somewhere or something, and then they right is that what it One is? One of them, there was an incident is involving a Utah or State University yeah. where there was a threat, and the police said, you know, there's. The police looked into it and said, you know, we think it's okay, but she still went ahead and canceled it because Utah does have an open carry law, so they couldn't prevent people from bringing weapons. Those are great. Yeah, open carry laws are awesome. Those are terrific. So if I were her, um, this, this was, uh, shit, this was Anita Sarkeesian. Yeah. Um, I, I would have been scared too, man. I would too. That's like, to me, that doesn't have to do with politics. That's just fucking scary. That's like, scary. oh, I, there's an email that somebody's going to shoot up the school if I go there. Yeah. Uh, I don't really you know, care if the police think it's credible or not. I think it's pretty credible. Right. I'm just, maybe I'm going to cancel that. You know, maybe I'm not going to take that, you know, $5,000 speaking figure. I don't know if she was going to be compensated or what, but uh, I get that, man. So, but there's no proof that the threat came from someone who is in Gamergate. Like someone who identifies, it seems like logical, right? Of course it's someone who came from Gamergate. But you don't know because apparently in this email, you know, we don't know if the person said, I am a gamer gator. I participate in these talk thingies right. and chats and streams. I love video games and I hate this woman. You know, it wasn't that, like, obvious. Right. Not so, talk, They didn't talk in a villain voice. They didn't talk in a villain voice <laughs> like this. <laughs> so it's a lot of... It's, it, it all started when this dude wrote a blog post accusing his ex-girlfriend, this woman Zoe Quinn, of uh, sleeping around with game journalists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, like, I don't know the dude, but man, that's not fucking cool. Who fucking cares who who somebody fucks? And she is like, no, I definitely didn't fuck those dudes, A. B, it fucking wouldn't matter if I had. C, you're scary. And that let that like dramatic high school, you know, writing on the bathroom wall shit led into um, a more serious and substantive discussion about relationships, yeah. not necessarily sexual, uh, you, gender relations and all these other things. And then you got the gaming thing and then the journalism and the transparency. So it's a lot of stuff. It all comes down to that, though, doesn't it? Always comes down to some like misunderstanding. A boy Somebody's, and a girl somebody, got in a fight. Well, not even. Yeah, do, 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 possibly. Now, I mean, I know I'm being comes reductive, into, obviously, there, but it does come down to um, a human. It always comes down to human passion, yeah. I think. Somebody got some hurt feelings. Somebody's feelings were hurt, and but, but let me ask you this: movement just, grew. Just to connect that, the, the person that was the the designer of King's Quest is, is that is she Roberta? Is she ever She's weigh retired. in on any of this? She has retired now. I would love to hear her input. She travels the world. Her husband has a blog, which I she's read. on a, on a quest. She she's on a quest for fun. <laughs> they have they have um you know they have a kid. No, they have kids, multiple kids who are grown ups, and they are themselves oh, grown ups. And they so have one that's an elf, one they, that's yeah, a wizard. They do one that's a mage, uh, and. They, they, uh, they, mage they have, is what it was. You could become a different level mage be, oh, I could be in that. <laughs> they um, they have houses in like three places, and they cruise part of the year. They live in Cabo San Lucas part of the Boy. year. Oh, I read the blog. <laughs> I got into it. I I emailed their son you, you, who operates their uh, website, and I was like, "Pardon me." <laughs> 
can I send your mom fan mail? <laughs> right. And then, uh, but you are, you were, uh, you identify with those characters. You're looking forward to them coming back. They really, you, oh, would I would love to, to just them. get back into that. To me, it's, it's, to me, gaming is storytelling come to life. Yeah. It's a movie in which you can participate. It's really, you know, exciting. And I'm not knowledgeable about, about you know i'm not knowledgeable about gaming like uh, today you know i can't talk about like oh this is cool or you, look you at... seem pretty knowledgeable to me i'll tell you that well i digested a lot of information in a short period of time about a uh, a subculture that has its own rules and regulations and i know just the bare minimum i know just enough to say okay like i, I know i know like um like when you know tourist Spanish. That's sort of yeah. how I speak Spanish. Like, ¿Dónde está el baño? Ah, sí, gracias. Like, can I have a complex conversation? No, but can no. I see like... You can get by. Quiero un taco. Ah, sí, gracias. <laughs> That's how I am in terms of talking. Uh, you can you know, get what gaming. you need out of that. I can get what I need. Well, uh, I have some other ideas about that. I do think they should just... All games, you could just be able to download what other skins you want. And, mm-hmm. and wear it. I always like to design somebody who looks exactly like me mm-hmm. to go through. There was a basketball game that I used to design as a little character. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was a heavy set fella. Mm-hmm. With a big, he had a big afro, which was maybe, I don't know, that might be okay, and glasses and a little beard. And uh, I'm not saying I have an afro, just I, I oh, wanted to, for the character, I wanted to kind of fit, fit in or something. And he had little shorts, and boy, he just went, went nuts. I loved it. He was a great <laughs> three point shot. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be Great. good. You could do whatever you need. And then uh, did you find anything that was uh, uh, comedic about this? <laughs> well, <laughs> you want to be sensitive to everybody's feelings because it's a complicated issue as we've laid out. But sure. do you find some funny in the gamer business? Well, there's a lot of funny. I mean, there's something inherently hilarious about um, all of us getting so upset about fun. <laughs> That's right. It it's should be a release. Everyone or getting very, very upset and passionate and determined about fun. Mm-hmm. But what I learned is that gaming is not just about fun. It's about community. It's yeah. about connecting with other human beings. It's about art. It's about expressing yourself. It's it's about all these different things. So, um, the more I learned about gamers and gamer culture, the more I am learning the less inclined I am to make fun of it because the more I relate to it. Right. You know, I mean, there are some people who have some some pretty sweet... I mean, there's a lot of humor. Yeah, there's a lot of funny stuff in games and, like, a lot of gamers themselves are funny and they got jokes. They got jokes all over the place. Um, and they're especially good at, like, making fun of each other. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I've just been... I've been in it. I've been thinking because I'm, I'm an author and I'm a comedian and I'm a, a writer of things for the internet. And so um, I've had my writer of things for the internet cap on, mm-hmm. which is funny because I'm also supposed to be finishing a packet for a TV show to try and get hired as a writer on a TV show that's that's a funny, funny show. And um, so I have to like take off my writer of things for the internet hat um, today, maybe after this, yeah. and take a break, get a kale salad with my friend, YA author Mindy Raff, also a comedian and oh, a young girl author. Oh, terrific. Yeah, she's great. And uh, she's got then some I'm going to try songs. to write a packet. 
Yeah, she performs as a character named Labia Rogers. <laughs> yeah, I think she sang a good Tony Danza song. Oh, magical. Yeah, just she's great. Well, and it's not unlike comedy in a way or anything. You get uh, you become a part of a community and understand it, and you might take some pot shots from the outside, but once you're in it, you see, oh, this is actually this is somebody's work, this is somebody's life. Yeah, once you become... There's some characters uh, involved, but... I like to approach these things when I write about different... And this is my first experience really writing about such a fully formed culture as gaming um i usually interview individuals um but what i like to do is be a participant observer and get in there and see what their world is like and you know see what they read and see what they talk about and of course i can only experience an infinitesimal part of it but um just the same way the comedy nerds will flip out about shit just the same way that you know hannibal hannibal barris talked about you know all the rape allegations against bill cosby this week and people were freaked out yeah um are they freaking out because they're like, but that's not funny, Hannibal. Why did you talk about that? No, they're freaking out because they have an emotional connection to this comedian, this Absolutely. figure. And, yeah. you know, your feelings get involved. A, a father figure a to father a lot of people. Figure. Yeah. And a, a man who gave us pudding in, in frozen pop form. It's, it, yeah, you don't, want, you don't want to tear that person down. You don't. You know, you feel sad when you hear about That's also things. why you don't want to be too much of a hero to anybody. Yeah. At least that's what I think. I don't want to go so far up, so so high oh, in yeah, my reach. Oh, yeah, I don't want to be that famous or powerful. Th- that you then be, because you're going to let them down. I'd be fine with Cosby money, you know? <laughs> I'm cool you with mean, that. I'll the, have the, I'll money, the money printed with Cosby's yeah, face, with on, face it. on it. Yeah, face on it. That tastes uh, like pudding. It tastes like pudding, uh, and it smells like non-consent. And so it's very upsetting to me as a fourth-wave feminist, so I can't handle it. But, um, yeah, you know, we get passionate about these things that are fun. We get very passionate about our fun. And when somebody tries to change our fun or challenge our fun or pull the veil away and say, hey, guess what's behind the fun? Rape. Like, you know, it kind of makes us sad. Or or any actually real difficult Subject. Any difficult, yeah, you I mean, know, you, sexism, racism, whatever. Like, it's hard to take a look at something that you love that has provided you countless hours of joy and entertainment, has influenced how you make decisions in your life, and 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 go, oh wow, this is really fucked up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, Dale. <laughs> I'm with you, but uh, uh, now you also started. You, you uh, talking about some of your other Starting endeavors. You were going to start a, start a podcast, a podcast, and you should get ready for a lot of a lot of fan interaction. That's how I maintain it. Well, one, <laughs> well, I wanted to say one thing that you you said there. You you can't get inside their lives, or you'd like to get in, you'd see how they read and do. What did you say? Uh, well, what I said <laughs> you, was I you'd like try to, to be a participant observer. A participant observer, and that's why I come to everybody's house. Oh yeah. That's and great. so I can see you how everybody lives. I mostly you, <laughs> like uh, repeatedly. You've used it at least rice since you got here. Well, this is a good time to notice that we're pairing the podcast. I used it iced coffee, and I'm having a tea with stevia. Oh yeah. And we went with the the Earl Grey because it is mm-hmm. afternoon, so uh, that's a nice afternoon tea. Nice pick. And uh, stevia, it does taste a little artificial. Doesn't taste gross. It's not gross, but it's, it's a, weird. It's but like it's I'm being, it's like my it's, brain it's, it's is being plant. told to be sweet. <laughs> it's a plant extract, and it sure. um, it's great for some people who uh, deal with hypoglycemia or diabetes. Ah. and it's got it's it's a it's Which, a it's it's natch. You know, it's natch, natural of <laughs> right. sorts. Stevia, we're making it happen. <laughs> and we'd like to thank our sponsor, Stevia. Stevia. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you're gonna you're gonna probably you're gonna get this podcast going. Gonna get it and going. Hopefully in November. I want to call it. Um, this is 
pending, but Jackie Beat, an amazing drag queen, told me on Twitter that I should call it I Have a Podcast. <laughs> and I think I'm going to call it I Have a Podcast. Yeah. So, you know, I have a podcast with Sarah Benincasa. I do. She's me. It's meta. Um, I have a podcast with Sarah Benincasa. That's, you know, and I like the idea of, of, of making merch that says I have a podcast. Yeah, I'd wear a t-shirt like that. And because that way, if somebody has to go, somebody go, what's your favorite podcast? Oh, I have a podcast with Sarah Benincasa. And so that's kind of like everybody, even the listeners, they have the podcast too. It's, it's beautiful. That's such a beautiful podcast. notion of yeah, giving it's good it. Times. You're like Prometheus with the fire, giving it to everybody. I am so Promethean. <laughs> I am very Promethean and Sisyphean. Well, I know that you are, are, are in a relationship, but get ready for a lot of tail on the side with Woo! a podcast. Let's do it. It's I used to a... co-host Sex and Other Human Activities on Cape Comedy Radio for a couple oh, years. Right, so you know. So, yeah, I mean, obviously. like, No I stranger just, to that world. Fuck. Like, just fucking, you know? Just <laughs> it's fucking. not the reason I started this. Yes, it is. Dale. But it's the Let's reason I have seven seasons. That's <laughs> the, <laughs> the rationale for this program went out the window in season two. Yeah, you get a lot of tail from just, you know, talking into a microphone. and. I think Gamergate's going to be the thing. Gamergate's really going to get me for... some booty. No, talking about rape. Talking about Bill Cosby rape. Those are all Chicks the... love it. Dudes that, love it. That is my OK Cupid profile. <laughs> but uh, we do things, don't we, to just not feel lonely? Yeah, we do. So uh, that's going to get going in November. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, and that is why I'm doing it. I'm doing it to not feel lonely because I have, um, I, I, I'm a writer, I'm an author, and um, I have two books out. One is called Agora Fabulous, Dispatches from My Bedroom. It is a memoir. The other is called Great, as we discussed. Yeah. Uh, I, ha- I just finished a third, and I'm writing a fourth and a fifth in the next few months, and, which is crazy, but I chose to do it to myself, and so I need to deal with that. And I get very lonely when I spend uh, a lot of writing time by myself. So I thought, you know what, I'll start a podcast so that for, you know, a couple hours a week I'm recording and editing, put it out into the world and get, you know, I I like make some like long distance podcast friends. Like I literally was like, I just want to make long distance podcast friends. Well, I'm going to have a podcast. You're going to do it. It's going to be great. I'm excited. You'll have a podcast. Oh, I have a podcast with Sarah (laughs) Benigasa. Uh, and you had a you had a web series where you're in a bathtub or something. Yeah, getting wet with Sarah Ben and Casa. Yeah, don't, don't do the podcast in there. That's going to be my no, advice. I would fucking die. Yeah, that's Probably. I don't want that to happen. Electrical death. And you you're recently back in Brooklyn. You I were am. here. I was in New York. I was in Queens actually. I mean, I've lived all over. You know, Manhattan, yeah. Queens, Brooklyn. You know, all over. And um, <laughs> sure, yeah. I was here for seven years, and then I moved for two years to Los Angeles, California. And then my boyfriend got a job here, so I moved back. Well, I'm excited that you're back here because Me when too. I started this show, I said, oh, I got to get Sarah on this show because I had known of your work. And then, but I said, I better get a few more, you know, I got to pay my dues a little bit, <laughs> know how the things work before I get a megawatt on the star <laughs> on the show. Megawatt. And then, then I, all of a sudden, you're in Los Angeles and you're doing great shows and all these things. And I said, Well, that ship has sailed. And then we ran into each other in San Francisco. We I thought, did. This would San be great. Fran. And then we were going to get together in a cafe. And that didn't work out, and I'm glad because it's the now audio. Now it's worked out here, and you got to have stevia. And I in got my some house. stevia. Yeah, well, I, we, mean, I guess I'm kind of bi-coastal now. My car's out there, and I got a bunch of furniture and shit and storage out in LA. So yeah. I guess I'm in both places. But I'm planning, unless I get like a work opportunity out there, which would be fucking rad. Um, I'm planning on 
uh, being here through the winter because I really need to write. But if aside from like some trips to colleges, yeah, um, Truman State University, hey, November <laughs> something, twenty fourteen, SarahMendicazza.com slash shows, hey. <laughs> Those are fun shows. I was just up at Quinnipiac. 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 Oh, cool. I was in the student lounge. Yes, that's always the best when it's like in the cafeteria. There was a like, great fella just strumming, guys. playing some acoustic music down by the fireplace. It's wonderful. Just telling some jokes. It was wonderful. It was part of the literary death match. I love uh, literary death. It's match. a great it's program. A really great show. It was great. Well, I, yeah, I lived in L.A. as I don't know if you know that or not, but for a little while, following the kind of a rough breakup, I was out there. Kind of my lost years mm-hmm. were were spent out there. A lot of drugs. Well, we don't people have to get it. A lot of stories. catering. A lot of catering. People tell stories about it, about you, you know, the cocaine and <laughs> yeah. the, the apps, the appetizers, the yep. wings. That, that was like my cocaine. Party down. You get some of that Zanku chicken, that'll oh, be my cocaine. Oh, my God, the garlic Good. sauce. So, <laughs> now, did I see you got locked in the bathroom here? I locked myself in the bathroom by mistake. Uh, I yeah, we have we live in a uh, building. Not giving the location of it, <laughs> yeah, but don't do that. that would be awful. <laughs> but we live in a building that has some older doorknobs, yep. some elder doorknobs, and this elder doorknob gets stuck, as you know, as an elderly person. You yeah, recognize. I've been around some knobs. You know, you've been around some knobs, and they get stuck. <laughs> sure. You know, you, and you have to twist it, and you twist it, and you twist it, and eventually. Boom. You, oh, you, you got the whole you got the whole thing off. You get well. I know. I just usually got you have to a, unscrew it. Yeah, I just sort of played with it, the knob. Yeah, played with the fucking yeah, knob. You had to fiddle with the knob. With it, fiddle with the knob. Yeah. And then I eventually got out, and it was great. It happens oh a couple times a day now. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I've just stopped documenting it. I thought it was funny, and uh, now I just think it's annoying. What's a bathroom you wouldn't mind getting stuck in? I would not getting mind getting stuck in a bathroom um in my book great the uh, one of the characters his name she's sort of the jay gatsby stand and her name is jacinta tramalchio and she uh rents a home for the summer in uh, east hampton that is just beautiful it's on georgica pond and it has rooms bedrooms in an array of colors that are all the colors of the rainbow and the blue bedroom has a blue bathroom the blue bathroom has a huge big screen tv and it's got a huge ass you know hot tub and stuff so jacinta's blue bathroom i would be happy that'd be all right and i would stay in that you, you wrote your bathroom. dream bathroom i wrote my dream bathroom <laughs> and when, i can't remember was there with agora fabulous was there a bathroom episode where you're stuck in, in there no there were episodes where i pissed in cereal bowls right which is right. interesting right um i was afraid to use the bathroom because i was agoraphobic to the point that um and i was also somewhat uh delusional um, and so I became convinced that there were bad vibes in my bathroom. And I also wasn't eating. This is when I was 21, uh, living in Boston in a studio apartment. I wasn't eating. And when you don't eat, uh, you go bonkers pretty quick. Yeah. So I wasn't eating, deeply depressed, suicidally depressed, uh, incredibly anxious, developed agoraphobia, and um, commenced to inappropriate elimination yes. is one way to put it. Yep. And I write about that in my book. And um, it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't bathing, wasn't doing much of anything, really, other than just rocking back and forth while listening to the Dave Matthews Band and crying. That's in Emer- that was in Emerson? Yes. I, was, yeah. I wasn't um, on campus. I had a studio on Newbury Street in Boston at the oh, time. Oh, sure. And, yeah, so that I, I wasn't properly medicated, clearly, and hadn't been in the right therapy. And But, you know, it's been, um, gosh, it's been... 
it's been 13 years and a lot of medication and a lot of therapy since then. But feeling good. good. Feeling feeling pretty good most yeah. of the time. Yeah. That's I, that's what I've decided is my goal. Pretty yeah. good most of the time. Well, I remember I, I love the book, and it, and and I hope that I'm getting it right. Thank but you. there was a moment where where you, you were getting back into eating something, and yes. like Cheerios were a thing. Cheerios were definitely a thing when I was <laughs> learning so to vivid eat for me again. To, to to imagine you eating those Cheerios. It was food that I ate. Thank you for remembering that. It was um. What became comforting to me was anything that felt like baby food. So yeah. when I was a baby, one of the first solid foods I ate was Cheerios. Yeah. And so um, eating Cheerios with skim milk was very comforting. So I started with that. And um, smoothies, when I was get, starting oh. to eat again, as I was recovering and from, you know, uh, a touch of the a touch of the old eaten disords, a touch of the old Rex. That's what they, um, that's what they call them. The old Rexies. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, right. You'd make your own smoothies. I would make my own smoothies because that, I I didn't like solid foods except stuff that reminded me of basically baby food. And so then that reminded me of baby food. And so I would make these elaborate smoothies that were delicious and amazing. And actually, I was just talking to my nutritionist today. And she was like um, talking about how a smoothie with Greek yogurt and chia seeds, some spinach and some berries and some almond milk would make an excellent breakfast. And I was like, holy crap, I love smoothies. Yes, let's do this thing. Well, and, and does that? But does that uh, have any kind of sense of memory to the time where you were coming out of that? That it's is comforting. Uh, ne- it's very it's comforting. comforting. Okay. Yeah. So well, it's not good. negative. I see it as as healing. So if you grind some shit up in a blender, I'll feel very nurtured and oh, loved. We should have started there. I love a puree. <laughs> yeah, we should have pureed some butternut squash together. Oh, that's the season for it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, and it's nice. It's a little cooler now too. I know, it's really Thank nice. goodness. It's almost vest weather, which of course is best it. weather. Vest weather is best weather. It's a bit, uh, and I get that way though. Just that feeling of not being able to move. Mm-hmm. Sometimes on the subway platform, I have let five trains go by because I don't want to get on with all those. It's the people. anxiety of being, it's and, and it's natural too. Why would natural. you want to be so crowded? I don't in with want all those to be people. crowded with those people. I mean, New York City creates creates anxiety. One thing I say in, in the book that I love about living in New York City is there's always going to be someone crazier than me. And I don't say that in an ableist, fucked up way. I say that claiming my own crazy and claiming that word as my own. Right. Being a mad woman, um, there will always be people who are better adjusted than me, but in New York City, there will always be people who are less better, less well-adjusted than me. And, um, that's true. So I feel a sort of kinship with everybody. That's also a nice part of doing a podcast. Oh, yeah, the madness. <laughs> you say, well... We're all mad. It could be worse. Yeah, we're all nuts. It's fine. It's going to be okay. As long as, you know, you're not using your particular brand of crazy to hurt other people no. uh that's good well now let's make sure you're not hurting yourself yeah. and then after we get through with that let's make sure that you're using your particular brand of crazy as fuel for something whether it's art or science or magic or whatever it is especially magic especially oh magic <laughs> you ever mess around with that Oh, God, yeah. I went through a Wiccan phase for fucking sure. Oh, I was like, let's do I don't do think I've this. talked to anybody that's been a Wiccan. Where is the blue candle to represent masculinity? But where now is the a, pink candle? As opposed to... Draw to, uh, a circle and salt. 
<laughs> scarves and things and fake thumbs. Wiccan is really casting spells, isn't it? Yes. It's more... Um, um, uh, I looked at it as more of a psychological tool of sort of harnessing your own power. Uh-huh. Um, but you can also look at it as a tool of harnessing the power of the universe if you want to. Right. Uh, or, you know, or there's lots of different ways to look at it. I mean, I say I went through a Wiccan phase, but I don't say that with disrespect to the Wiccan community because they're fucking rad. Um, it was and, just a phase for me the way, you know, other things are phases for people. Um, would, would you have to dress a certain way? No, I just did my own thing. I did my own stuff in my room. <laughs> I bought a book of spells, which are really prayers and rituals. You know, a ritual is... I read recently that a ritual... Something to the effect of a ritual is something... Taking something ancient and making it pertinent to you today and making it relevant to you today. Sounds right. And so it was just... You know, I was raised Catholic. I had a long Catholic phase. And, um, They've got some rituals there, don't love they? Love it. Love the candles. I lit some candles here. Yes, thank you, know, you for doing that, by the way. The incense and the such. I love that stuff. Is that a scented one? This Which one is a heart-shaped. heart-shaped one is made, I believe, right here in Brooklyn, New York City. And it is cinnamon-scented. And the other one is from Beeswax, also made here in Brooklyn, New York City. Oh, some artisanal candles. If you had picked honey instead of stevia for your meal... Your meal of a cup of water with tea leaves in it. Yes. You would have had local Brooklyn honey. Ah. Uh, made somewhere. The trifecta. Some fuckers have bees in Brooklyn. I don't even know where that shit is. I will stay well, away. They probably have a mustache. Yeah. And uh, uh, and what, it, there was a TV thing that was going to happen from the show. Or yeah. Is yeah. that still we, in it the is. works? It is still in the works. It's great. Um, we are so I have uh we have attached the two uh, i took agora fabulous and i sold the rights to um abc signature which uh-huh. is the cable arm of abc studios and so i'm working with them and yeah. with executive producers diablo cody and then ben stiller's company red hour television they are attached as eps and then i wrote the script and now we are bringing it around to places to sell it to uh, a place. So if you own a network and you want a, lot, a lot hilarious of and charming half hour <laughs> that's uh, about one woman's one young woman's struggles, journeys, and fun in Chicago. Uh, hey, it's about my life. Shoot me an email, bro. Why Chicago? Uh, because New York is so done, you oh, know, you New York, there's just so much stuff done yep. in New York that I thought, well, what else can I bring to New York? Not much, but what's a great city that I always have fun when I go and I feel good. And you know, there's a lot of like really good sausages coming out of that city oh, yes. and like sweatshirts <laughs> now we're talking. and, uh, you know, good times <laughs> always that I have in Chicago. So I yeah. thought I'll set it in Chicago instead. Oh, terrific. Well, you sounds like, it seems like an okay team to put it together. Yeah, yeah they're all right. <laughs> they have some experience They're you know, but how, how do you, how do you, if you don't mind my ask, you say you sold it to the, to the network, you sold it to what? You to, sold, um, the production company, to the production which is company, the studio, excuse me, which is, and that's ABC you, signature. that's not you. That's your, your people on your behalf or that's, well, basically, they optioned it. So they paid me for the right to um, turn this into something. Okay. So um, you, the, the, the publishing house did that? No. My, uh, my literary agent, literary Scott agent. Mendel. I, see, Mendel I knew Media, there would be a literary agent in there. And my TV lit agent, uh, Doug Johnson at ICM. And Josh Pearl at ICM and Melissa Orton at ICM. Those are all people that you would thank at an award thing. I would imagine that <laughs> um, they. So my team, yeah, if you will, uh, you know, did the deal. Um, you know, we took the meetings. That's and we why did you the get deal, teams. And then we got the, the team and did the deal. And 
then I think it was like right after that that I that um, I don't know if Diablo came on board before or after that I can't remember and then um, Red Hour was at the same time that Diablo and and her producing partner Mason Novick came on board and so we have this little like team and you know we get the band together and we go in and we say hey you want to buy this or you get your your quest partners together my quest we go a questing to try and make it happen she seems like she'd be a good fit for this it's yeah i mean it's really it's really neat and i feel really fortunate to get to work with them like it's it's so freaking fun and great and um we'll see if you know if we end up making a tv show and if not that's okay too like most of this these things never become real so it's it's finger painting with imaginary uh, paints in the sky of my mind, and oh. I really enjoy it. It's, well. it's fun, and I've learned so much <laughs> from them, from um, Debbie Liebling, who's the head of TV at at Red Hour, and from Diablo, and from Mason as well, and, and from the folks at ABC Signature. Like I've just learned a lot. They they were my are my teachers for writing school for TV writing school. Yeah, as are you know my agents as well. Um, so I, I didn't go to get trained in screenwriting, but I've gotten to learn about TV writing at least through this process. And um, I know just the beginning stuff. Yeah. And I hope to get to write a lot of TV. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And is there any fear, though, when you put something out that's so personal and so, it's, I mean, it's your story, mm-hmm. that if that doesn't sail, then you've, you, you, is there that you don't have a second thing to go back on or I always uh, try to create um, a lot of product. And so whether that's the memoir, that's the, the two YA novels I'm doing the, the, well, actually three YA novels I'm doing. That's young, young adult, young adult. Also, also a movie by, yes, by Diablo Good. <laughs> yes. Starring Mr. Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Um, and Miss Charlize Theron. Um, or, you know, I'm doing a self-help book. Like, I, I try to always have a podcast or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot, uh, lot of irons in the fire. Yes. I always try to. So there's always something next. It can be overwhelming sometimes, but that's the way that I like to live my life. I like to keep quite busy. Well, it sounds like it's, it's working out. And you just got back from uh, Asheville with the tour? Asheville, North Carolina. I was on a, I'm on a tour called, um, I'm taking a break right now for the winter, but it's called This Tour is So Gay. And I raised $15,000 from over 300 generous people on Kickstarter. Uh, and what happens is I go to a town and I do a book signing. Uh, I might do a book reading. I might do comedy. I might do a combination of the two. And while I'm there, I either um, do a fundraiser for, uh, volunteer with, or donate some of my own personal money to a local LGBTQ youth organization. Hence the title, This Tour is So Gay. So in North Carolina, it was uh, the campaign for Southern equality. And I donated and was there on the day that gay marriage became legal, and I got to witness a gay marriage. Uh, oh, wow. Mar- an, an in the state? It became legal. Yep, I was the witness. Oh, well, that's really got to make it all worth it, doesn't it? Super fun. It and was you, so you, great. you went to, so you spent time in Asheville before. I you went were to in Warren Wilson College, yeah. Oh. After I dropped out of Emerson, after I had the aforementioned P-riddled nervous breakdown, right. um, I, uh, I went to uh, Warren Wilson College, which is a fantastic school. Can't say enough good things. Well, a lot of great things came out of that. Part of the world with mm-hmm. the Black Mountain College and yes. old Bobby Thomas Rauschenberg Wolf. zipping around. On Bobby the... Rauschenberg, were you guys friends? And, and no, no, no. We never, Ooh. never had much interaction. But uh, not much. Just saw the the, the performance there okay. with the had the wings or something. Bobby or Rauschenberg. <laughs> oh, Bobby, uh, uh, doing his thing in the beautiful country down there too. 
the Appalachian, the Southern Appalachian Mountains are just gorgeous. It's and they, like, they say Appalachia, they don't say Appalachia. No, say yeah, Appalachia. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare. Why would and you? Uh, it's kind of like a, a sleepier Austin, or like yes. a suburb of Berkeley. It's like a sleepier, a sleepier Austin, a sleepier, greener, mountainous yes. Austin. It's very wonderful and relaxing. I was there for five days, and I, I did a reading at a place called Malaprops, which is a wonderful bookstore. And you can order from them online anywhere in the world. Oh, you can look well, up Malaprops Bookstore. Look them up. Yeah. Now, uh, I just want to say, you, you wrote something recently, because as you say, you got a lot of things out there, and you're, yeah, putting, you're constantly trying. putting uh, uh, things into the world that are, uh, uh, I think, generally increasing the positivity around there. And that's not your goal, necessarily, but it, it does yeah, it does it's a, it's, it's, it's I'm trying to put positivity in the world. I mean, that's one of the reasons why when I wrote the Gamergate story for Playboy, I didn't want to write, like, fuck you to anybody. Like, because I'm not interested in, you know, telling people to fuck off unless they personally harm me. Then I will tell them repeatedly. But um, <laughs> I, I wanted to understand, and I wanted to get, at least start to understand and to give perhaps a bit of voice to... Um, to I wanted to talk about just what it's like to have been a girl who used to love playing games and then decided that games weren't for girls anymore and just to, to write about that and frame it with the, the Gamergate thing. But try to generally keep it like reasonably positive. Well, and one of the things that you put out there uh, was about uh, doing things even if you're not good at them. Yes, I wrote a thing called Do It Anyway, which is on Medium.com, which is Twitter's long-form platform. Medium oh. is great. It's great. Yeah, I'm learning something. Yeah, today. it's a great place to I've place your many writing. Things, People yeah. read it. Oh my gosh. Medium.com. So medium.com. Okay. So I'm medium.com slash at Sarah J. Benincasa. Which is the Twitter handle. It is the Twitter handle. Uh, so your it. Twitter handle becomes your part of your medium. I see how it URL. works. Yeah. Yes. Well, and what was the title of the thing? Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, my niece Katrina must have read it. You know, I live with my niece, and she is a horrible baker. Okay. I'll just say it. I just, she's a wonderful cook. Many lovely, lovely things have come out of that oven, but anything a baked good is not wow. one of them. And she just keeps trying. God bless her. Uh, I do dread birthdays, though, now, because <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm going to get. She once made a cake that was the consistency of a shortbread cookie. So <laughs> it's a little tough on the oh, old Katrina. old teeth. But um, it is true that there's something to tackling things and sticking to it. And uh, in addition to my niece, Katrina, I know the folks that run the Albon Pan at LaGuardia also feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who runs anything at LaGuardia, <laughs> the the Five Brothers burger joint there is also a, a, a glorious demonstration of doing it anyway. It's a, it's no, a that re- food's actually good. I shouldn't say that. The food's actually really good there. Sorry, Five Brothers. No, I think specifically Terminal... Five guys, Five guys. Terminal B. Terminal B is terminal where... Terminal B is where it's at. <laughs> that's, oh. that's where things go to die. LaGuardia is... If you ever, listener... <laughs> get a chance to come to New York City, try and fly through JFK. Uh, <laughs> or, or Newark. Or Newark. You know, or try and come by boat or try and crawl here. Steam vessel preferred. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, my uh, love affair with LaGuardia is like the people that used to say that the 80s in New York were so great. Oh, like, I, I miss Old Times Square. That's how I yeah, feel I miss about the horrors and the crack needles and people it's so dying of a horrible plague that Reagan wouldn't acknowledge on every corner. I really miss that part of <laughs> Times Square. That was fun. That's when and it was you hopping. could go see cats. You could see cats. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I, I fucking, I mean, I, I grew up in Jersey, but coming into the city in the 80s was banana cakes. Like, you would go to the tourist areas, and then if you strayed in any other direction, it was like, what is happening? I am terrified. If you grew up here, you grew up tough. Yeah. You know? I, I think you, you grew up, you had to grow up tough because you saw a lot of a lot of gnarly things on a daily basis. You know, I, this isn't necessarily gnarly, but we once spent a couple of days here with, some, uh, with the camp that I was part of as a, as a young person. And uh, we, we drove the van up and we parked down by the trade center mm-hmm. and because there was a police thing down yeah, there. Yeah. So we felt like it would be safe to, to sleep in the van down there by the... Sure. And we did, but we took a couple of subway trips, as you do, to go up to museums or something. And uh, I got disconnected from the group. They all got off and I stayed on. I didn't realize why. I don't know what happened. But across from me were two uh, young ladies who uh, at were young, like 10 maybe or something. I, I am. The girls are, are you know, lady age. And I, I assumed that they were women of the night. I don't know that for, mm-hmm. but the way that they were made up, maybe all women were at that point. Yeah, it was but she style. she ha- she had crossed her legs, mm-hmm. and then she uncrossed her legs, and there was that like red spot that you sometimes get when mm-hmm. somebody has crossed their legs for a long time. And I thought that this was a diseased prostitute <laughs> <laughs> sitting across from me, and that this is what New York was full of. And you my eyes were very wide. It was wide. like a. Uh, like a, a consumptive sex worker. That's, that's that was right. your assumption. That's where I went. That's where you went. You went to a very Victorian place, really. <laughs> I did, I did. She's got typhoid. This is crazy. <laughs> Clearly. That's how you talked when you were a kid. That is how I talked when I, I was a kid. I am little that, That's right. Right when I was selling papers on the corner. Papers. <laughs> oh, Newsies was a fine film. That you starred in, in my mind. Uh, but if you do get to LaGuardia, please go and visit. Go to Terminal B. Go through the extra security. It's worth it because they have a monitor there that just plays an image of chicken wings. And I <laughs> tweeted the picture out. I, uh, I t- it, that's all it is. It's a still picture. Somebody bought an HD video setup, whatever yeah. it is, a flat screen. And this is all they play. It's this picture of a chicken wing. Now, you can't get chicken wings in that part of the airport. <laughs> it's just an advertisement generally. For chicken wings. It's right next to the uh, bathroom. Like the chicken wings you used to sling during your heroin days in Los Angeles. (laughs) Oh, no. As a cater waiter. (laughs) Scamp. It was a a good time. Let's just leave it at that. Well, uh, uh, you have some big Halloween plans coming up? Uh, I'm hanging out with my parents. Oh, wait, no, I'm not hanging out with them. Fuck them. Wait, yes, I am. I'm hanging out with my parents on Halloween. Uh, we're going going out to the country to see my parents. Oh, good. Bring the dog. And you'll have the... uh, uh, Candy then to give out? Yeah, the candy. Will you dress up as anything? Uh, Yes, I am dressing up as the country song, The Long Black Veil. Oh, that's a good one. One of my favorites. I love it, and I love all the different versions, really. I love the one by the Chieftains very much. I love Johnny Cash's version, of course. There's there's a lot to love. There's a Um, lot. Nico Case has a nice one. Oh, I haven't heard hers yet. Yeah. I friggin' love that. Yeah. So I am going to be wearing a headpiece by uh, Holly Gaiman, who is a, uh, what's a milliner. She is a milliner. She is a milliner. She's trained in London, a hat maker, old school hat maker trained in London, um, and has a shop in, in San Francisco. And I'm, I'm really excited to, to get it. It's related to Neil. Yes. She's his daughter. Look at that. It's a talented family. Very <laughs> talented people in that family. And she's just so gifted. I mean, her stuff is, um, I think she's, she's hollygaiman.net or .com or, I don't know, just Google her. I'll look her um, up. Great pieces. I mean, really, like, fanciful. It's real art. Like, it's, it's really pretty awesome. 
I'll definitely check it out. Check it out. Wear, get something to wear to church or temple, as it may be. You know, <laughs> well, whatever, well, or we'll to see. your Wiccan circle it, it in the It just depends woods. on what they're serving afterwards. Uh, this has been great, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much this for doing lovely. it. And you have so much that uh, you got some shows coming up that you want to let people know about here in the city? Or? Yes. I would love to see everybody who, in New York City uh, at the experiment comedy it's called manifesto the the one year anniversary of this uh oh, yeah. little comedy company called experiment comedy that is october 26th that is a sunday that is at i think it's at union hall i'm not positive it's somewhere if you just go to sarahbenincasa.com slash shows um like you'll it might see be my bell house stuff. or something maybe it's at the fucking bell house it's a big one i don't even one, though, know right? where it is it's somewhere well, we'll somewhere in brooklyn and yeah go to sarahbenincasa.com slash shows and uh tweet at sarah j benincasa please yes i will tweet nice things please not murder threats. No, no, no. We don't want those. Nope. No, thank you, Bill Cosby. <laughs> don't need you tweeting. He's the one. He's you the one jerk. you got to watch out for. You big jerk. Well, my deepest thanks again for, for having oh, me over. It's been delightful. You. Tell uh, tell Katrina, uh, your niece, that I said hi. I definitely will. And ask her to please burn some scones for me. <laughs> oh, you don't have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, folks, our next live show is October 29th at The Pit in New York City. And we've got Josh Gondelman and Janelle James and... Amber Nelson and Leslie Goshko. Music by Steve O'Reilly. Yes, that's And great. Uh, there's some other things on the horizon, but you can catch all of that on DaleRadio.com. Now, till next time, I'll be wrapping my empty whiskey bottles in old rags and hanging it from my fire escape to make a spooky and very dangerous homage to my favorite Brendan Fraser vehicle, The Mummy 2. <laughs> now, let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Dale Radio is written, produced, and performed by James Bewley. Musical director Steve O'Reilly. Season 7 podcast theme composed and performed by Emily Danger. Season 7 podcast icon designed by Louis Chin. Logo treatment by Daniel Spencer. Posters by Claire Prouse. Live shows the last Wednesday of every month at the Pit in New York City. And be sure to tune in, rate, review, do all the things that you love to do on social media platforms by following us on Twitter, on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or find everything online at DellRadio.com. Thank you for listening. You're the best.